Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Mr. Warren Hayes here, welcoming you to another exciting podcast. We're going to be talking about professional wrestling once again. Uh, today is uh, April 14, 2022. We've got a bunch of stuff that I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about the previous uh, the previous week in AEW, going over Rampage and, uh, and, and Dynamite as well, as I do every week, of course, but very eventful Dynamite. And I'm excited to be able to talk about that a little bit. I'll also be reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling's Hyper Battle 2022. Some wrestler contracts are coming up as well. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of bits and bobs to talk about this week, so I'm really excited about it. Thank you very much for joining me here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes if you're watching the video on demand right now. Hey, you know what? Straight off the bat, give it a like. Drop in the comments. Why don't you let me know something that happened in wrestling this week that you really enjoyed or that you're looking forward to? Can be anything. What did you think about the uh, Minoru Suzuki uh, Samoa Joe match. Uh, did you watch Hyper Battle, the New Japan show? What did you think about it? Did something happen in WWE that I'm maybe not quite aware of? Let me know. Let's talk about it. Drop a comment. I promise I'll get back to you really, really soon. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, thank you very much. By the way, have you considered leaving a review or a five-star rating? You can do that. Uh, you can do the reviews, of course, on Apple Podcasts. You can do the five-star ratings on... Um, Spotify, don't know why I blanked out for a second there, but yeah, you can do that there as well, and that's fantastic. So if uh, anything you can do to show some support there as well, much appreciated, and thank you very much in advance. Of course, if you're listening to this on, on YouTube, you can also become a channel member, and you can have access to the members-only streams as well. Plus, there's a Discord where the whole Mr. Warren Hayes community hangs out on and talks about wrestling on a daily basis. The links for all of that will be in the description. I also have another podcast where we talk about uh, uh, independent wrestling, uh, which is called Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs, co-hosted uh, by myself and Sean Taggart. We record that live every Tuesday night on youtube.com slash Hayes. but you've probably also seen that in your feeds popping up as well as a podcast. So uh, give that a, a listen if you're interested in the wild world of independent wrestling. Got some great stuff that we talked about this week. The GCW shows. Go go check it out. It, it, it's, all, it's always a good time. And uh, also, of course, don't forget to follow Bell to Bells. Your women's wrestling wire. B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S dot com. Or at YouTube.com slash Bell to Bells. Or on Twitter at Bell to Bells. All great stuff happening. All sorts of cool stuff. Thank you very much for, 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 for joining me once again for more great discussion about pro wrestling. I'm honored. I'm humbled. And I hope you enjoy all of the proceedings that are about to begin. Thank you very much. Why don't we start things off tonight with, uh, the, uh, with the continuing saga of me saying nice things about Bill Goldberg. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to say about Goldberg. You know, he never cared that tribal tats around your biceps would fall out of style. Robin Hayes has 52 what an icon. things to say about Goldberg. What an icon. What an icon that Bill Goldberg is. Holy hell. Just like, forward thinking, 
fashion savvy. He didn't give a shit. Before we get into the um, the weekly weekly wrestling inspection proper, um, just wanted to give a, a, a just wanted to talk about uh, Shinjiro Otani uh, very very quickly. He sustained a cervical spinal cord injury in the main event of Zero One's April 10 show. So just a, a couple of days ago, after taking a German suplex into the turnbuckles. After the maneuver, Otani was not able to move. Soon after the match ended, Otani was taken to a nearby hospital. Uh, today, he underwent successful surgery, and we were told that everything went as planned, whatever that exactly means, but that was the, the that was what was put out there. The next step of his treatment uh, is going to begin afterwards, so hopefully things will go out. His wife even released a statement um, I'll read it here verbatim, translated uh, via uh, postwrestling.com. Uh, I married a professional wrestler, Shinjiro Otani, so I was prepared to accept a situation like this. But when I think of Shinjiro's disappointment, I cry. However, we will not look down but forward, and with the help of pro wrestling, we will continue to support Mr. Shinjiro. We will do our best with our with your warm support. We hope that you will continue to watch over us warmly. Finally, I would like to ask for your continued support for Zero One and all the wrestlers that Mr. Shinjiro has been protecting. Um, yeah, listen, we wish him we wish him the best. We definitely wish him the best in this very, 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 very trying situation. All right, let's uh, go right into the, uh, wait a second, weekly wrestling inspection. There we go, there we go, there we go, there we go. So, um, I put out a poll this week, because there's there's a whole bunch of little things I wanted to talk about, and there's some bigger things I wanted to talk about, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to leave it up to, uh, I'm going to leave it up to the, the, the live crowd here to tell me, um, I wanted to let the live crowd tell me, you know, basically, what you guys would like me to start talking about tonight? What would be the first thing? What would captivate you? Start chatting here. Well, 76% of the live audience of the Mr. Warren Hayes show said that they wanted me to start talking about AEW. So you know what? So you know what? Here I am. Doing what people, doing what the people want. That's what I do. We're gonna go right ahead, but oh well, there we go. Just as I'm jumping in, J.K. Schwal left a super chat. Thank you very much, J.K. Schwal. Says happy to say I survived SmackDown last week. Please clap. What a trooper! What a soldier! Everyone, everyone, press A in the chat for J.K. Schwal sitting through two plus hours of SmackDown on a Friday night. Uh, kudos to you. And J.K. Schwal was feeding me information, like telling me Charlotte and Rhonda is the main event, is the dark main event, and I'm like, Jesus. Uh, I, I yeah, I've got I, I've got some stuff to sprinkle on in regards to WWE, but we'll get to that in the bits and bobs spot. Let's go back to last Friday, AEW Rampage, um, I, which I thought was an exceptional 
rampage, right? Uh, and not just because of the main event. Um, not just because of the main event. I thought the whole the, the whole shebang was extremely good, and uh, it apparently it got good ratings, which I'm not surprised because it is a it was a good show. It was well hyped. Let's get to it. It started off with Brian Danielson defeating Trent Barretta in the opener. And what an opener. Like, if you're going to... I'm telling you guys, the magic formula that AEW has figured out, hot opener, hot finisher. Everything else, like, in the middle is a mixture of things. You know, you got your good matches to your great matches. You got your, your promos. You got all sorts of stuff in the middle, right? But a hot open, hot finish... And go figure makes for makes for a really entertaining show, and and on top of it, an hour of wrestling here, so just fantastic. Uh, and and Trent looked really really good in this match. No big surprise though. He pescados uh, onto Danielson, who's on the outside, but he gets gut kicked as a counter. Does a uh, Trent then later does a Saito suplex and a superplex. Danielson responds with the regal plex and a dragon sleeper. Daniel Bryan, Bryan, he strikes uh, Trent into a half-and-half suplex, followed by a lariat, which was a really fun little sequence. But, look, this is how Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, Dambrell Bradenson is ending his matches these days. He, Busakuni, the gotch uh, piledriver, the head kicks, and uh, the labelle lock. That's sort of been his formula, right? It's kind of like Okada these days. It's like... You know, he's, you know, he does dropkick, landslide, rainmaker, you're done. You know, so I I dig it. I mean, it's okay to have a little... I think I preferred... Eh, when we're just shooting this shit here. Like, there's no big deal. Like, I, I really find this entertaining. Don't get me wrong. We're, but we're just, if, if we're just shooting this shit here. I liked it a few months ago when Daniel Bryan would end a match with anything. He just, like... He wouldn't have a finisher per se. You just finish a match. Okay, I'm going to hit you really hard with this. And, oh, okay. You know, kind of thing. I can't. It's not that I miss it. I'm just pointing it out. It's like a few months ago, he was like anything. Now he's got his routine set up, but it's great. Busaku Ni, Gotch Pile Driver, Head Kicks, LaBelle Lock. Thank you. Good night. Good opener. Swerve Strickland. Defeated QT Marshall. It was fine. You know, it was a swerve showcase match. That's all you really needed against QT Marshall, whose job is to put over is to put over the 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 star talent and make them look good in the process. That's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Here's the <laughs> here's where you know it was an eventful rampage when this didn't get talked half as much as it probably should have the owen hart foundation's women's tournament qualifying match red velvet defeating willow nightingale now the story here is willow nightingale where she charmed the pants off of the entire audience who was there if you if you didn't know who Willow Nightingale was at that point in time, you sure as hell know now. Comes in with the big power moves, does some body shots and a suplex, 
She goes for a moonsault, the red velvet rolls out of the way. Red velvet, hit, red velvet hits the just desserts, but Nightingale kicks out. She hits a spine buster, which got the crowd up on their feet, and then the pounce. And that just blew the lid off. Now, any match that Willow has when she does the pounce just blows the lid off the uh, off the place. I saw Willow a couple of weeks ago at C4 live. And when she does the pounce, man, people just go nuts for it. And, and, and the thing here is that Red Velvet, who is well-liked, usually, gets the win. But she's booed because the crowd have been up on their feet for Willow Nightingale the entire while. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. There is absolutely no way that Tony Khan did not notice that crowd reaction. And 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 Tony Khan, as far as his booking goes, he's got this, he has this, you know, you want to say old school, but actually it should be like regular normal school type of booking where if you see something happening in the ring, if, if the odd, if something happening in the ring is generating a big response from your audience and people are attaching themselves to someone, you adjust your booking accordingly, right? Which is why we've seen shit like the Nightmare Family, the Nightmare, what were they called? The 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 Brandy's Family of Nightmares. You know that thing at first that wasn't getting over. They pulled the plug on it. Uh, Paige wasn't getting over it first. They 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 pivoted on it. Uh, FTR and the Bucks convinced when a couple of, maybe a month ago, three weeks, a month ago, when FTR and the Bucks were in one of these gauntlet matches. No, it was one in, the, in one of the gauntlet matches or multi-man matches for, uh, for the all-out thing. And not the all-out, excuse me, the revolution match. You had FTR and the Bucks in the middle of the ring who just walk up to each other. Crowd goes nuts. That, that spot is planned purposefully so that Tony Khan can look at him and be like, oh, okay, so there's still interest for this. And that's how, that is how a wrestling promoter should book. Try some stuff out, see what hits, and, and adjust accordingly, which is why I'm convinced we got Young Bucks and FTR too so soon because it was, a, it was hot before FTR got blazing hot and it just made it even hotter. Why am I talking about all of this? Because he's not, he, because he gauges off of crowd reactions. He has a woman, like, uh, you know, an occasional signee, like a, not signee, not a signee, a, a, an occasional talent that he brings in, a short lister, right? Because he's used her on Ring of Honor with Mercedes Martinez and she's been on, on, on Dark a few times. Clearly he likes her. Clearly he sees something in her. Now he puts her in a ring. The crowd goes nuts for her. What do you do, Tony? What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You give Willow Nightingale the goddamn graphic. Because you've got a woman who has a, an immediate connection with the audience. Who knows how to get the audience invested in her. She's like, and she has an energy that no one else on your roster has right now. She's big, strong, athletic. She can go. I we've been ta I've talked about this for a while now. Willow Nightingale, from 18 months ago up until this point, has improved dramatically. 
on every facet of the game. And we're going to talk about the women's division a little later on. But when you have someone who has these naturals, who is so comfortable in the ring, plus knows how to work a goddamn crowd. What are you waiting for, Anthony? And in the main event, of course, of course. Oh, hi, Heather. Nice to see you. Welcome. And of course, in the main event, John Moxley defeated Wheeler, Utah. But... What a look. I mean, it's all been said at this point. It's been it's been a week since it's happened. Star making performance. Fantastic. Great match. To me right now, it's on like it's on my match of the year list, but it's on like on the lower end. I don't know if it's going to make it, but because we still got like we still have seven months <laughs> to go. Um, and, and New Japan is warming up. So back to the, back to this though. Fantastic, man. Yuda Wheeler just came in here and had the perfect story. And they told the story perfectly. He had something to prove. That was his thing. So what does he do? He says, I got to prove that I'm tough, that I, I'm ready to do any, everything needed to win. He attacks Moxley before the bell. Because of course, that's what I do. You think I'm going to play fair with John Moxley? You think I'm going to be like sportsmanship, shake hat, code of honor with John Moxley? Nah, I'm at least going to get some licks in before he kicks my face down my throat kind of thing. Kicking your face, having your face kicked down your throat. It's a hell of a visual. Painful. They go in the audience and Utes bleeds. And Jesus Christ, does he bleed? Like our boy's a bleeder. You all saw the pictures at this point, right? With the, the like sprinklers. You know. Mox manhandles him in the ring. There's a superplex by Mox over the knee backbreaker. Flying crossbody to the floor through a table by Wheeler, Utah. He does a trap suplex on Mox and then he does his own head stomps. Goes for a splash. He covers. It gets reversed into a cross face. Utah flies off the top turnbuckle at some point. Gets caught right into a paradigm shift. Covers. Utah kicks out. Knee strikes by Mox, and Yuta asks for more. He rolls up Moxley and into a bulldog choke. Moxley fights out, gets the hammer elbows in, regal knee, high angle paradigm shift, covers, but Yuta kicks out again! Our boy is covered in, in blood! Bulldog choke. Puts Utes away. What a fantastic match. Absolutely, undeniably, uh, a, a mainstream wrestling star was created. This guy was given the floor. And they they just had an absolutely 
fantastic, seminal match. Can't recommend it enough if you haven't seen it. I don't know how you actually go around saying, well, you know, there's ways. I don't condone them. <laughs> but uh, just an absolutely, absolutely phenomenal match. And after you have Danielson and Regal who come to the ring, Regal extends a hand, Yuta shakes it. He spells BCC on his chest and his blood. He becomes an official member of the Blackpool Combat Club. What a fucking great group. What a fucking great group! Couldn't ask for anything better. Everything works. Since... And, do you, you, we, let's go back. Dig up the archives of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. And when, as everyone was, you know, going nuts over CM Punk and MJF and with reason, you know, in the build-up to Revolution, what was I telling you guys? Week after week, I was telling you the best thing on AEW right now so far is the Mox Danielson feud. It's the best thing that they have going right, uh, that they were, uh, that they were uh, running into Revolution. I'm on the record. I've told you this. And now it's gotten even better. They've become allies with William Regal. And then they make a star out of a kid, out of Wheeler Yuta, who was destined to make it in wrestling. But he's giving this, he's getting the shove. He's getting the put. And by the way, this is what a push looks like. WWE fans, this is what a push looks like. It's not winning, it's not suddenly being put in a title picture. This is it. Fantastic stuff. God, I love wrestling. <clears throat> Let's keep on going down the AEW train. Choo-choo. Last night's Dynamite from New Orleans. New Orleans. What a fucking hot crowd. What an amazingly hot, 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 hot crowd. Right? Amazing. That crowd was ready for everything. And boy, did it deliver. What a show. Couple of low points, but we'll get to those. But that's the thing is that the low points are ultimately so insignificant in the mass of great things that happen. And you know what? Here's another thing. Again, like the formula... Started off with a hot match, finished with a hot match, right? First and foremost. And I like this, this, this thing that Tony Khan's been doing for the past, oh, at least since Revolution. Ditching promos within the first half hour, first 45 minutes. Just giving us matches. You guys know. It's like, give me matches. And last night, look, if you were a promo guy, if you're one of these people... Who tells me, well, thankfully, you know, on a three-hour Raw, there's not only wrestling because that would get boring. If you're one of those, <laughs> last night's Dynamite wasn't for you. But for me, like, it's, it's as if this show was made for Warren Hayes. I was like, good. Minimal nonsense. All business. And, and, and when there was 
I call it nonsense, but I say it lovingly. When there was nonsense, uh, when it what when they, when they they had nonsense, it was so well done in the ring. It made sense, and you're like, look, I, this is not distracting me. This all connects. Starts off the show with a match that everyone sort of lost their shit over. Penta Oscuro and CM Punk. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go nuts when you see this? Like, holy shit. You're just giving this us away on a dynamite? Tony? Really? Thank you. It's a strong match that we got too. Fun little instance here. You know, Punk goes for a dive. He does the dive and, and he starts selling his knee. Then shortly after that, he goes for a Rana, but he doesn't do it. He falls off, right? He falls off the ropes and Penta sort of tumbles down too. And I like that. And I was like, oh, is, did he botch? Well, no, because then he gets Irish whipped into the corner and he can't run. So he tumbles over because his knee. And I'm like, this is how... Look... Is are we starting to see a new type like of work of working injury? Because you know it wasn't one of these over exaggerated where he's on the top rope and he goes ah ah and he's pointing to his knee and the, no it's like oh shit was that a botch? But it turned out it wasn't. He's just working the injury very convincingly, and I am one hundred percent convinced that the gift nerds out on Twitter. They picked up on it, eh, botched by CM Punk, but didn't watch the entire match. Because of course they're not, because they're GIF nerds. And they don't watch AEW. They don't watch wrestling, they watch the GIFs. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a botch. It might have been, at first you're sort of like, mm. and you know what? That's how, that's, that's what wrestlers should make you believe. That they are legitimately injured. That's what, that what the work, that's what the work is. Working the body part. I'm trying to run on my knee. I can't. I collapse. Fantastic shit. There's an arm breaker by Penta that it's reversed into an Anaconda Vice. CM Punk avoids the package pile driver. So, what does Penta do? Well, he goes for the arm breaker again. No big deal. They roll in and out of pins. Penta flies off a springboard, but he gets caught on Punk's shoulders, who hits him with the GTS. And, and Punk had a lot of trouble trying to land the GTS on Penta, which I appreciate it. And Penta should not be an easy, should not be an easy foe, right? He shouldn't be, he shouldn't be an easy opponent. Shouldn't be able to, to, to just land your finisher out of nowhere. I like the struggle and it's a kind of a bit of a out of nowhere kind of finish where I'm like, look, if these guys want to run it again, I can buy that Penta will do it. CM Punk gets the win. Building up that, uh, that credibility in the rankings, right? To get up there and, uh, uh, and you know, let's, let's do that. Let's raise the, let's raise his profile so that when double or nothing time comes along, he's ready to challenge for the title. Completely okay with that. The AEW tag, world tag team titles were also on the line. Dino 210 successfully retained their titles by defeating Red Dragon. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. This was a lot of fun. That's what I'm telling you guys. You get yourself some hot matches out of the way. Boom, boom. 
starts up, keeps you captive, captivated, sinks your, sinks its claws into you, and you're like, Jesus, this is great. There's a fun exchange between Bobby Fish and Jungle Boy at, at the onset of the match that I would even qualify a confident exchange by Jungle Boy. And I think this is a, this is something that I've started observing over the past couple of months and how much confidence Jungle Boy is exuding now in the ring. As even upon like even like even seven, eight months ago, there's there's something where he's a lot more in control now. The way he handles himself, his comfort in the ring, the way he, you know, he you know, sort of plays for the camera, so on and so forth, his facial expressions. Now, he's starting to flesh out a persona for himself in ring, his swagger, his his wrestling personality, I guess. And it's working because I thought that he looked, he looked very much in control here with Bobby Fish and it was fantastic. Jungle Boy does the double dives, goes for the third, right? But Red Dragon move out of the way. But instead, Luchasaurus hits a top rope, uh, somersault senton, so. Ha! <laughs> you got played, Red Dragon. Kyle O'Reilly uh, hits a dragon screw on the ropes on uh, Jungle Boy's leg. He gets taken out by uh, Bobby Fish on the apron. There's some great teamwork with Red Dragon. And, I, you know, I it's still something that... I don't think we underscore enough as to how good O'Reilly and Fish are together. They really, really are. So Luchasaurus, later on in the match, he gets caught into a friend, a front standing guillotine by Kyle O'Reilly. Meanwhile, Bobby Fish gets Jungle Boy up on the top rope and he hits an avalanche falcon arrow like over. He he hits it over the guillotine. The standing guillotine covers Luchasaurus just then dumps O'Reilly on the pin to break it up. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Big strikes, a DDT by Jungle Boy, a tail whip, and they hit the Jurassic Express for the win. Now, we have to be clear on this now. They are no longer called Jurassic Express. They they're being introduced. I guess, I guess now that Marco, I guess Marco made the Jurassic Express. The trio was the Jurassic Express. Because now, they're back to being Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Or as I like to call them, Dino 210. I think it's a much better way to uh, to identify them. Um, And the move is called the Jurassic Express. So it's kind of like when the Viking Raiders... What's it up? It's kind of like when War Machine became the Viking Experience... But then everyone was like, what a shit name. And then he became the Viking Raiders, but the finisher was called the Viking Experience. So it's the same trajectory. <laughs> After the match, Kyle O'Reilly attacks, uh, attacks them with a chair. FTR come out to a big reaction from the crowd. But the crowd was all about big reactions, regardless. That New Orleans crowd was fire. And uh, FTR come out and they get into a shoving match with Red Dragon. We're pointing to the ROH titles. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do this now. <laughs> Fifth generation Carney Joseph with it. Hello and welcome to the chat. Nice to see you. 
We get an interview backstage with the Blackpool Combat Club. They say they'll be facing, in a trios match, the Gun Club on Friday. John Moxley says, I don't know who the... I don't know who the gun club are, but I don't like the gun club. <laughs> like, you know, you're basically, look, I'm breaking this promo down. Like, I don't know who these guys are. Oh, I'm fighting them. Then I don't like them. Like, I, there's something so natural and pure about a John Moxley promo. William Regal has a bit. Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson has a bit, John Moxley has a bit, and Yuta has a bit. Now, as great as Yuta is, you know, he, his, he's going to have to step up his promo game, especially if he wants to start hanging out with Mox and Danielson, who are great promos, and Regal. We're all, you know, good to great promos, right? He's going to have to step up. But you know what? Kid's having the time of his life right now. He's He's wrestling with... He's in a in a group. He's wrestling alongside one of his heroes. Like, come on. It's legends. Three fucking legends. And don't tell me that this is not good for the kid. Don't tell me that this is not how true, truly developing a, a talent is. Putting a young a, 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 a young guy, getting him in there with three true to form legends of the business. One of them being, quite arguably, the greatest North American wrestler of all time. Brian Danielson, if you're keeping if you're keeping score. You know? I like because trust me, when 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 William Regal calls him uh the perfect wrestler, that's a shoot. He believes it. He knows that it's true. Uh, we also get a, a, back, a backstage face-to-face uh, -face interview with uh, Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm, where it's announced that they were that they are going to be. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That they announced that they are going to be facing each other in the first round of the Owen. Fantastic! You want to get people excited for your tournament? That's what you do. You give you give them high-caliber matches like this. Trust me. Sean Dean defeated MJF. What? That's right. By count out. So look, there's not much to the match here. This is what I was telling you about. You know, when you're keeping nonsense to a minimum, right? Yeah, when I talk, and again, I say nonsense lovingly. But you know when too many promos, eight-minute promos, so on and so forth. This, this is an angle that happens in the ring. It happens in real time. There's no like promos and so all, you know, vignettes and uh, bullshit. And it's like... You're making this progress in the context of a wrestling match. I'm okay with this. So there's not much to the match, but that's not the point. The point is the angle here. Wardlow snuck into the building. He 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 beat up some dudes, right? And uh and he uh he sneaks into the building and he sneaks up behind uh, MJF in the crowd. He has a you know, mass and security t-shirt on. And you know cuz I popped I'll tell you, because when they go backstage, small, a detail nonetheless, but when they go backstage to show the security guards like passed out, one dude doesn't have a shirt on. And I'm like, why the fuck does this dude doesn't have a shirt? 
where's his security shit? Like, did Wardlow just tear it off him and strangle him with it? Like, you know, but no, it's because Wardlow took it off and he scooby dooed. He scooby dooed everyone. He, he he got into the 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 uniform, the hat, the mask, and he snuck up behind MJF. And I was I, I, I big reaction from me when I saw that. It's good stuff. So he goes after Max. Um, of course, MJF hits the bricks. Uh, he gets chair shotted by Sean Spears, but he completely no sells it, and he's. He's about to powerbomb Spears. But then he gets bum-rushed by like wave after wave of security. It's like it's like when you're playing StarCraft and you, you send in a Zerg rush. That's it. Shout out to anyone who gets that. <laughs> Just like wave after wave of security guards coming after him. And he they're all holding him. Wardlow's like punching dudes and four. Meanwhile... Bryce Remsburg is in the ring and he's counting down. He's counting uh, MJF out. Sean Dean's in the ring. MJF is, you know, he's running for his life. MJF tries to get back in the ring, but there's too many people and he's scared shitless of Wardlow. So he runs back up the ramp to commentary, grabs a microphone. And as Remsburg is about to count the 10, he's at nine. He goes, nine. And MJF starts pleading with him. He says, look, Remsburg, I don't know what Tony Khan pays you. But I'll pay you two times as much, three times as much if you don't count me out. Don't count me out. And Rems is like, fuck you, 10. <laughs> Just the place, of course, comes unglued. Uh, uh, our, our boy, Sean Dean, gets his second win on MJF and the first count out victory in the history. So he had the, the, the first uh, disqualification win in the history of AEW. And now he has the first uh, count-out win. So, that's a fun little story. The little side story being told there. I think it's I think it's fun. I enjoyed this. I, like, this, you want, you want to make your, you want to tell me about building stories and doing shit. This is how you do it. And look at how much people love Wardlow when Wardlow unmasked behind MJF that, that, that crowd went nuts. There was that one guy next, like next to the next to the the, the barricade, who's like this. Ah! He was jumping up and down with his hands on his on his. Fantastic shit. That's the kind of stuff you want. But they are doing such a good job, a good solid job with Wardlow, and Wardlow is perfect for what they want to do in this. Like this is simple. So the booking is so simple, it's brilliant. It, but it's basic. It's so si just playing off the strengths of everyone involved. MJF's a chicken shit. Wardlow's a big tough dude. Just as simple as that. They've been doing this so well. I'm ex I'm really ecstatic to see how this and and poo poo to everyone who were saying Wardlow buried because he didn't win the. Uh, the 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 Sonic Ring at uh, Revolution. Uh, yeah, Wardlow's done. Poo poo on all of you. Poo poo. They're doing it well. Extremely well. A little later on, 
MJF is having a... <laughs> Alex Marvez is trying to have a little fun at MJF's expense, but MJF is like, Marvez, fuck you! Fuck you, Marvez, you're not having... Shut up! <laughs> um, but basically in this little setup here, Mark Sterling was there as well. There was, MJF was like, look, I'll let you wrestle next week, but an opponent might choosing and you're going to be wrestling the butcher and you know what <laughs> fantastic just slap 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 I, good 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 stuff the Jericho Appreciation Society arrive via plane in their own little private jet and they land and as you remember as you recall last week Right, Eddie Kingston uh, promised us that it was on site with these dudes. So, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz arrived before the plane landed, and they attacked 2.0, and uh, and they, they they stole the car that they had rented for the Jericho Appreciation Society, and they and they they left. So that was to ensure that 2.0 wouldn't get involved in the match. So that would be fair. So a three-on-three match in this match here. But the Jericho Appreciation Society, made up of Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager, defeated Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, Of course, Eddie Kingston came out. Well, I mean, of course. He came out with a Thump t-shirt in reference to uh, Junkyard Dog. The Thump being his... I think JR even explained it. It was his finisher. Um, Big power slam called the Thump. But it was written like Dog had that on 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 his booty, on his trunks, um, and in the same type of Cooper font. Nice little touch there, because of course, um, Junkyard Dog was uh, was from New Orleans, so there you go. Um, and uh, and Ortiz has had Angelo Parker's shoes around his neck. He had stolen them and. He- he tied them in they were around his neck. Lots of brawling in this match. Eddie keeps going after Daniel Garcia in this match, which I was like, what? <laughs> why Why is he so hell-bent on just taking on Garcia? Because all he does, he runs, and he grabs him off the apron, and he just boom, boom. Okay, but for sure, it worked. It's fine. Butterfly suplex by uh, Eddie Kingston as well. Santana does the three amigos and a frog splash for your... Uh, your your uh, tribute to Eddie Guerrero, and uh, not to be outshined here, Ortiz does an Alabama jam, uh, diving sentons by both Santana and Ortiz to the floor. Jericho though uses the bat as uh, referee Aubrey Edwards is distracted to allow Daniel Garcia to roll to get the pin on Eddie Kingston. And after the match, the baby faces get the shit beat out of them because 2.0 do eventually show up. And Angelo Parker's still barefoot. <laughs> he only has one pair of shoes. He didn't even bring his gear and put his working boots on. No, he's still barefoot because he's a dark. <laughs> but they all beat up on the baby faces after. Um, they, they have to start adding numbers, right, at this point. They have, I mean, Kingston's troop has the, he has to start adding people in there, doesn't he? Marina Shafir defeated Sky Blue. 
This was not good. Jade Cargill is watching backstage because of you know they're because they're building Marina Shafir to being you know this this uh, big challenger for for Jade. She might be the one kind of thing, you know. But uh, this wasn't it. This was this was not a this was not a good wrestling match and probably look. I don't, uh, I was uh, somewhat, I, I, okay, I'm trying to say too many things at once. I think, first and foremost, putting Marina Shafir in this position where she's the Jade Killer was a little ill-advised to start off because I think that she didn't have the, she doesn't have the recognition amongst fans to be like, oh yeah, Marina Shafir, she's gonna, she's gonna twist Jade's head off kind of thing, you know? So to put her, Shafir, in this position straight off the bat is not a good idea, especially since Shafir has been wrestling on dark, mostly having pretty good matches on top of that, but here just completely fell apart. Just uh, clunky, awkward, you, and and you can't even put this on on Sky Blue, who is is not who is not the person in her level of experience. That, and I'm not saying she's stupid or she can't do it. So at her level of experience, she is not going to be the person who is going to turn around on a dime, see that their partner is struggling in the ring, and be like, okay, well, let's. I'll try and carry this. She she's not there yet. Clash of Styles, sure, I can I can also buy into the Clash of Styles thing. So why book the match against Sky Blue? You know, ultimately. And the match was long, overly long. I don't know why it took so long. And to the point where I'm like, they could have put anyone in that ring with Shafir. And I'm not sure the result would have been any better. I don't think Marina is ready for the spot, but it's a very ingrate, ungrateful spot that she's being put into. Coming out of nowhere. Like, this is very... Oh, it's your turn. Like, whoop, pulling her out, dropping her there. It's like, now it's your turn. Make this happen kind of thing. You have to convince this audience that you're the Jade Killer. And she's going to put Shafir, who, you know... Talented MMA artist, that's fine. Uh, didn't see much in wrestling. We don't really know how good or great she can be. And I kind and honestly, this was all ill-advised. This was all ill-advised. And I was reserving judgment because I was like, look, I've because I've seen. Shafir's matches on dark they're fine they're pretty good I think she does a good job I don't think she had a uh, I don't think she had the dance partner last night on Wednesday for her to get over as whatever like the juggernaut the judo mixed martial artist killer machine 
Is that because is that what they were going for? Because I'm not even sure. She'd just stare. This was not good, and there's no there's no sugarcoating it. There's no going like, well, this was a bad decision. Now, if I'm Tony Khan, you know, as I was saying a little earlier, if Tony Khan is looking at this as, you know, as he was watching the, you know, if he's watching the Willow match and he's gauging the reaction, he's going, okay, I should sign her. Or he's looking at the reactions for the Nightmare family, whatever it was, the Nightmare Collective. There's no, this stinks. If, if I'm Tony Khan and I see this match, I'm, 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 uh, getting rid of the Shafir Jade setup. Cause let's be honest with each other. Jade is not, uh, is not a seasoned veteran by any stretch of the imagination, right? Now I've said more than more than in, more than enough times that Jade has leaps and bounds improved. She is an absolute star. She's perfect for what they want her to do. But if you put Jade in the ring with someone who can't carry her own, it's not going to be Jade who's going to carry her because Jade is even overall she has even less experience than Sky Blue does. She's still a literal rookie, and this is not a knock. But she's not going to be able to carry. She's not going to be able to carry Marina. And you know what? This happens. Then what happens? Then everyone gets exposed. Then Jade gets ex gets exposed. And it's not good. So if I'm Tony Khan and I look at what happened and I looked at the crowd reaction, which was nothing, nothing. For this entire thing, for even the entrances, nothing. That crowd last night, which was hot for everything on that card, that should be an indication that this set of booking was ill-advised. It was a bad idea, a, a, a terrible idea. Pivot away from Marina Shafir. Find another opponent for Jade. Let Jade, you know, if anything, let Jade for a couple of weeks continue doing the baddies thing, continue having her come out and cutting to her, her awesome promos like she did last week, that legend of a promo that she did last week. Have her come out continue and continue doing that without having to deal with half-assed competitors. But then, in the meantime, build someone because that's not what he's been doing with marina shafir he just decided oh uh, marina and then creates the situation so ultimately what this says to me is tony khan is not helping his women's division by putting out this kind of stuff by doing this kind of shit this is not helping his division
He's got he's got so many people still out there and there are still people out there who he hasn't signed and who can go and could probably help even Jade in the ring to continue to help her grow. Get a Mia Yim in. Call in an Athena. Willow Nightingale. And everyone is going to buy that these women have a shot at dethroning, uh, at dethroning Jade. No one looked at that match last night on Rampage, uh, on Dynamite, and said Marina Shafir has a shot. No one. And not only does she not have a shot. If she goes and if she gets into the ring with Jade, it's gonna stink. For the sake of your women's division, Tony Khan, do not do this. Pivot to your to all the strong, strong women that for some reason you're keeping on reserve, putting on dark and whatnot. Pivot to them. Shafir's not ready. This was this is the message that was shot out clear. Look, there's probably a reason why the match hasn't been officially announced, right? Like they're building to it. But that's probably why the match hasn't been announced. Because Tony was like, oh, well, you know, we're going to test the waters out first. And that's fair. That's okay. But moving forward, like this program has to be scrapped. It has to be scrapped. You have to go over something else. And focus on the strong, capable elements of your women's division. They're there. They are there. God damn it. Jade and Mercedes Martinez. I know. Run it. Apparently they've been training and everything together. That's how... Mercedes, world-class athlete, has been doing this for over two decades. She'll be able to work Jade out of rough spots. Not Sky Blue, not Marina Shafir. This is a train wreck if this continues down the tracks. Team Taz, made up of powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, defeated Keith Lee and Swerve. What? But yes, what an awesome reaction. Again, but particularly awesome for Ricky Starks, hometown boy, coming in. And you could tell he was emotional. Good match. Again, great spots too. You have Swerve launching himself off of Keith Lee's chest to perform a moonsault, a Nasai moonsault kind of thing, but off of Keith Lee's chest. Great shit. Keith Lee avoids a Hobbs spear by leapfrogging him. Fantastic. Rolling strike by Swerve is interrupted by a spear by Ricky Starks, which was pinpoint perfect in its accuracy. Just great stuff. Taz comes out. There's a slingshot spear by Ricky Starks, a 450 by Swerve. Taz trips up Keith Lee, which allows Hobbs to hit a massive spine buster for the win. Will Hobbs looks like a thousand million dollars. I think I don't think he's looked this good since he started 
on AEW. He just looks fantastic. And you know what? This feud rocks. This feud officially rocks, and I hope it keeps going. I hope it keeps going and going and going. I think there's a lot of juice to squeeze out of this. I love it. I love what these four guys do together. They're very, very strong. Very good. Talented guys. And all guys who are over in their own right. No slouches. No one here that the audience goes like, oh, I mean, maybe not that guy. Hobbs, Lee, Swerve, Starks. Are you kidding me? That's what a healthy mid card looks like, folks. And that's why more effort should be put in to the goddamn women's division so that we don't end up with women that were pushing out of nowhere and who aren't ready for the push and putting them in matches with literal rookies. And then going, well, you wanted women's matches, but no, no, it's not it. Then we had, <laughs> we had this segment with the cake, which is kind of a throwaway, but I want to, I want to mention the cake thing with Thunder Rosa for two things, for two things. The first reason, the first reason is because of Nyla's line when she was off camera after ramming Thunder Rosa into the, the road cases where she said, I love cake and I love violence. And I'm like, Nyla Rose is great. And again, this promo segment shows once again, once more, that Vicky Guerrero is useless to Nyla Rose. Useless. She brings nothing to the table because Nyla Rose is a fantastic promo. And she ad-libs these funny quips that are just like perfectly within character, just completely absurd wrestling bullshit that I love. Vicky brings nothing extra to this act. Stop it. Nyla Rose does not need Vicky Guerrero. Stop. And then the main event deferled on us. What a fucking match. Ring of Honor, world television title match on AEW Dynamite on a Wednesday night on TBS, on TSN2, on Skybox Sports or wherever. Samoa Joe defeated Minoru Suzuki to become the new ROH TV champion. A, champ a singles championship in Ring of Honor that has eluded Joe. He's a world champion. He's a pure champion. Was, and I'm pretty sure he was tag champions at some point. Never was TV champion. There you go. Grand slam for our boy Samoan Joseph. Just slaps. Just slaps. Chops. But just look. We're in... Minoru Suzuki Hiromu Takahashi territory here. Someone counted the number of chops that Suzuki and Hiromu shared. It's, I feel like someone needs to do that. I do it, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want someone else to do it. Okay? Is that so wrong? 
their chests are impossibly red. And honestly, honestly, you don't see Suzuki's chest get that crimson that often. You really don't. And they, they're chopping each other like for three, four minutes straight. Going straight at each other. Finally, Samoa Joe shoulder blocks Suzuki down. They start laying into each other some more. They start trading headbutts at some point. Suzuki does some limb work. Powerbomb by Joe into an STF where I was like, don't forget Joe knows how to wrestle. It's kind of like, that's good shit. Suzuki gets back up at some point. He's like, one more time. Slap, slap. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Suzuki avoids getting into the muscle buster. He's up on the top turnbuckle corner and he's trying to arm bar Joe. But eventually Joe gets it. Gets the muscle buster for the win. Really fun. Good match. Strong match. I saw a lot of people going out there saying um, this was probably Suzuki's best uh, North American match and uh, you know in because he's been he's been running the indie circuit right recently he's been doing that a lot and I've watched a lot of his matches um, over Wrestlemania weekend he did a lot of those and he and, and and Sean and I talked about it on our independent wrestling podcast which you should watch by subscribing right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren hates it ha- happens live every Tuesday um, we talked about it, uh, this week where, you know, Suzuki has a formula when he works the indies, uh, with, yeah, he, there's a Suzuki formula to his matches when he works the indies, uh, in North America. Uh, and not a lot of people have dragged him out of that, um, out of that formula. Joe here obviously did. Uh, but then, you know, Suzuki's no moron at the same time. He knows that, the, you know, a big stage national television, this will probably end up on New Japan World as well. So it's like, no, you know, it's going all out. So it's a big deal. Championship defense, blah, blah, blah. Um, but a lot of people were saying, oh, this is the best match I've seen from Suzuki since he fought Danielson. I saw Speedball Mike Bailey get the best match out of Minoru Suzuki in this tour so far. I would say that it is different than the Joe match. Two completely different styles. Where the Joe match is like Motown Slim pointed out in the chat. In the chat like an AGPW style match. Whereas um, whereas Mike Bailey gets the wrestler out. He gets he gets the Minoru Suzuki wrestler out. And, and at the end of the match, Minoru Suzuki, he wins the match. Obviously... Pulls speedball, speedball Mike Bailey up, lifts his arm and points to him, and Suzuki hits the bricks to leave Bailey in the ring for the final salute, which is a big deal because Suzuki never wants to shake hands with anyone after he just beats them down. That was a big, a big deal and a really good match. Happened at GCW uh, Devil in a New Dress just this weekend. Um, the but don't get me wrong, the Joe match was fantastic. Imagine the speedball one, which I still think is the best match that they got out of Suzuki. Um, Look, fantastic stuff. Great main event. Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal 
pop up. They said, hey, you remember last year, last week, we, we promised that you'd get a surprise from us. We have a present for you. Here's the present. There's a box and they open it and there's a, a middle finger. We're like, boo. But no, the lights go out. Sabu? Wouldn't be, we'd be, wouldn't be that lucky. No, not Sabu. Satnam Singh appears in the ring as the lights come back up. Who? Satnam Singh. 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 You know, the basketball player who played like for a couple of seasons in the Dallas Mavericks for the Dallas Mavericks and then was like in the junior leagues, I think. Like, I don't follow basketball, you know. Uh, and uh, 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 and uh, he he's in the ring and he's a he's a he's an enormous uh, he's an enormous mountain of humanity, if we're being very honest. And uh, he comes in, lands the most awkward clothesline on Samoa Joe, then uh, Dutt and Lethal jump into the ring. And they beat him down, and it seems like he's going to be Jay Lethal's heater. And look, uh, he was signed in 2021, in September 2021. There was some, you know, there was a buzz around it when it happened. You know, it's like, wait, what's going on? Who is this guy? And look, he's like 7'3", seven, 7'3", three, seven three inches. He's just shy of 300 pounds. Like, he's a big dude, right? He's a big dude for wrestling. Wrestling has a has a, a history of liking these, you know, big freak show dudes, you know, and it's like, well, here we go. Now, we're going to break this down a bit because this is the part. Because you see, this is the thing that everyone ended up talking about. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's exactly like when MJF and CM Punk had their first match on Dynamite, a legend of a match. And all people could talk about was fucking Brandy Rose and her shitty promo. And that's all people were talking about. And I'm like, we're we're witnessing a great wrestling match right before I... And I swear to God, sometimes, most of the time, wrestling Twitter should be called... should, should re, be rebaptized to let's talk about everything but the wrestling Twitter. Now, was the angle weird? Yes. Was the ending disappointing? Yes. You have a hot crowd for the entirety of your show that is up on their feet for everything they're doing. They're like, Tony, feed us everything. We love it. Like it's it's literally if if someone is shooting ice cream at the audience and the audience is like, oh, and they're just gobbling it all up and there's ice cream all over them. They don't care because they're like, look at all this ice cream we're getting. This is a fantasy of mine, by the way, that I just enacted for you. Someone taking a hose of ice cream and shooting it right at me. And I'm like, the mouth is here, but I'm getting ice cream everywhere. I'm like, keep on, keep on. And it hurts, right? Because it's a jet of ice cream. It's painful. It stings. It, 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 there's pressure against, against my skin, my flesh, my face. But I don't care. It's ice cream. So this audience, this audience is losing their minds for everything you're doing. You shut the lights down and they're like, oh shit, a surprise. And the lights come up and it's like, who is this big dude in a suit? Because no one knows who he is. 
Nobody in the audience knows who this dude is. When you turn the lights off and you bring them back on, usually that means a surprise. It means that you're bringing in someone you know, someone the audience knows, of course, every single time. So yes, the, ang the show fell flat because of that angle. It, or at least the ending. I don't want to call it say the show. But the ending fell flat because of that ending. Because everything on the card outside of the Shafir Sky Blue match was electric. That crowd was in for, was was a was in for was up on their feet for everything. Now, there's reports coming out, and I think it's the Observer, right? It's Dave Meltzer saying that this was done. Apparently to build a bridge or throw a bone or whatever the expression you want to call. You want to use a, a um, send out feelers. No, maybe not send out feelers. But, you know, do something in good faith for the new Time Warner Discovery merger. The new bosses, basically, who have aspirations for India. And they're like, well, look, we'll start building an Indian star. How many times has that worked in the past? How many? Look, look. look, look I'm going to let people who have the business analytics in front of them, like maybe a, a, a one of our boys, like, you know, Brandon Thurston over at WrestleNomics. And I'll let, you know, I'm, you know what, when I'm done here, I'm probably going to send him a little DM. And I'm going to be like, Brandon, are you going to do something, a little history of the attempts of pro wrestling companies to try and make it to in, in, in the Indian market? Because if, because, it, it's never worked. And if WWE can't get it done, how the hell am I supposed to expect that AEW is going to do it? You know what I mean? So I'm going to let that, that, like, this is just a, like, a, it's a, it's a gut feeling. It, you know, it's not my expert analysis, but WWE's penetration of India has never worked. It's never played out perfectly the way they want it. So I'm going to let, you know, Hopefully, there's someone who can recount this history here for us. Because I don't, it's never worked. So, for again, for some reason, Plugo, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Now, for some reason, you're, you know, it's either like, okay, it is possible, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. Guys, gals, non-binary pals. It's possible to understand the plan, but be dissatisfied with the execution. I understand in light of what's come out in the Observer, but it's like, oh, I get it. It was still poorly done. Very, very poorly executed. I would not have finished the show with this. I sh finished the show in the first overtime overrun excuse me in the history of dynamite which was hyped up by tony khan so at even at that point everyone is like oh shit there's like three minutes left what are we gonna get and the lights go down and you're like oh shit here we go let's come back on because AEW in this situation, if you ask me, is a victim of its own success. Because every time there has been hype where Tony Khan has promised things, where lights go off and lights come back on, there's always 
always something exciting and new. And, and you're like, oh, so this is how you're ending this big show where everything has been electric throughout. You're ending it on a bit of a whimper. So I can understand why people are disappointed. You can, and, and I think it is entirely possible to understand the plan and look at the execution and be like, this stunk. I get what you were doing, but it, it wasn't well executed. Because those things happen in real life everywhere. You know, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And you can't sell me on this guy. You, 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 you can't sell me on this guy. Not yet. Not especially after I see those awkward as hell clotheslines that he threw. I'm like, this guy's not ready. This guy, this guy is not ready. They're hot shotting him. They're putting him on too fast. He, he needs more season. He's not ready. He's not ready. Right now, I see the guy and I'm like, well, this is going to be another wrestler, another super tall freak show wrestler, right? Attraction that is going to fall into the long lineage of giant Gonzalez's and great Collies and Kurgan's and uh, uh, Ron Reese's and giant Silva's. Although giant Silva, well, uh, I'll retract a little bit on the giant Silva though. You know, these, these huge dudes where people are like, the, the, they get pushed because they're big. And then when it's time to actually deliver, perform, it's underwhelming. I, 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 so, and I reserve judgment until this guy actually gets into the ring and starts doing stuff. But that was the most awkward clothesline, the most awkward lariat. So you can't come in and tell me, push in hard and tell me, no, 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 this guy's going to be great. I, I saw nothing nothing to prove otherwise. And I'm going to give him a chance. Just like I gave Jade a chance. Just like Great Ocon, where at first, admittedly, I was like, I don't see it. Let him time, let him time to grow. Ah! Ah! Things are coming together. I get it. But right now, right now, Satnam Singh, who? I, he got nothing for me. Now, if he's going to stand around and be Jay Lethal's heater and just look like a big, strong dude, all good for him. Good for him. That's fine. It all depends how they want to work him, right? Maybe Tony Khan is going to be smart enough to be like, look, I can't put this guy in the ring just yet. I'm not going to make an Omas out of him. It's fine. We'll see what happens. But as it stands, like, I'm going to give the guy a chance. I'm not going to crucify him right off the bat. But, you you know, just as much as I'm dismissing anyone who's telling me, oh, no, this guy's, good. this guy's great. I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything. I don't know how anyone can glean that he's going to be great out of what happened. You guys are some, why, you, you guys see some wild subtle crazy shit 
that me and my decades of watching wrestling is are, is unable to pick up. Now, as I said, you know, I wasn't high on Great Okan at first. I wasn't, you know, I, I'm not sitting here saying, I understand that this guy's going to be rotten. What I'm saying is right now, I don't see it. And he might pull up and be extraordinary and be one of the best. He might be the next Paul White as far as big men go. But I would not have ended the show with this. Nick Nutter, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. But I would not have ended the show with this. Do you guys want to know how I would have ended this show? As opposed to having... Uh, uh, as opposed to having uh, 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 Satnam Singh. Who? Show up. Doing the Sabu thing. Do you know how I would have ended this... This electric episode of Dynamite in the most electric way possible? I would have brought out... AEW World Champion Adam Page to cut a promo on the big match that he's having on Friday. One 60-second pre-taped interview with Adam Cole plus Excalibur dropping the Rampage show throughout the... That's all we got! For arguably one of the biggest title defenses that Paige is going to, is going to have in his entire tenure so far, a rematch from a great match in a Texas Death Match on a live rampage, and the champ isn't even there. The champ's not there. What are we doing? Have Paige come out like last week where he's he's all he he's pissed off. He's all full of vinegar and he's just, and he cuts a scathing promo and Adam Cole comes out and have them brawl till the cameras go out nitro style. We've stayed as long as we can, folks. We got to cut. We'll see you on Friday. There was no hype for this match. For a for a a world championship match on a live Friday. On a live rampage on Friday. Plus, the show's not even on at the same time. It's on at seven instead of ten. What are you doing? You know what this does? It just does, it gives credence and proof to everyone who says Tony Khan is not booking his world champion properly. I can't argue against that. I can't. I, this, this is an egregious, egregious misstep. One pre-recorded promo from Adam Cole was all we got. Wild. You've got a three-minute overrun. A three-minute overrun, and you can't bring out your champ in that overrun? To come out, get mad? He's got... I don't, he's, he's got tools in his head. He comes out with chains or whatever he's going to use on Friday. And he's pissed. 
He's fed up with Adam Cole. And Adam Cole comes out. Very, very bizarre. Makes no sense to me. I hope the match is going to be good. The match is going to be good. You know why? Because Adam Page is very good. Adam Cole is very good. Two very good pro wrestlers. We know Adam Page performs in these hardcore plunder matches. We know. We saw it a couple of months ago. So we know. We're coming into this match in full confidence. But what you want this Friday to do is attract viewers. Especially because it's not on the same time. It's at 7 instead of 10. You want to do everything you can to get people in. Ah. Uh. Oh, but we'll, we'll make we'll make time for we'll we'll make time for Satnam Singh. Who? You know, this week I I I I watched a little more WWE. Because I wanted to continue to see like the fallout from WrestleMania. I wanted to see how things were starting to set to, to go. Like I wanted to I wanted to see Cody. I wanted to see Cody's match with the Miz. Just and and just like get the reassurance with my own eyes that WWE is going to do the right thing and let the Miz lose <laughs> to Cody, right? And have Cody win his first because it's WWE. Who knows what they're gonna do, right? But Cody went over and I'm like, okay, well, that good, you know, and they're they're keeping on the 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 Seth Rollins feud, you know. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm still feeling the 50-50ing of Cody. It's coming, but look, and and I watched last Friday SmackDown, which was the first SmackDown after WrestleMania, because I was particularly interested in seeing what they were going to do with Charlotte Flair moving forward. And Ronda Rousey comes out to to you know talk. I wouldn't say like it's not even cutting a promo at this point. It's like calling her mother on the phone. You know, it's like, uh, hi, mom, how are you? Yeah, I know, mom. Look, I want to have another shot at the title, okay? It's not a belt because belt hold up your pants, okay, mom? And um, so, so I'm, so I'm watching, I, I'm watching for this, and I see it all play out, right? And the you know, she, she challenges, she wants a rematch and she wants a, a, a night quit match. And Charlotte straight up comes on the, the, the Titan Tron and says, I'm not giving you your match. And I'm like, bravo. Good. Don't give, don't give her the match. You're the champ. She, you just beat her. Sure. Plus boring match. Why would you subject yourself to that champ? Don't do it. And then the next day on social media, it's official. And it's weird to me. Here's the th two things. First of all, I'd like to sit here and tell you, no one in my friends wanted to see Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, right? I, I, no one wanted that. And I can understand why. But, but it, it's a match that no one was like, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm excited to see it. Everyone was like, no, I don't give a shit. No one wants to see Ronda and Charlotte. No one does. And I agree. But still, we got it at WrestleMania, despite the fact that the match that we all wanted to see was Becky and Ronda. That's what we wanted. Um, but um, I digress. 
The idea is that at the match at WrestleMania, first and foremost, nobody wanted to see it. And by the reaction that the crowd got, that the, that the reaction that the crowd gave to this match, no one wanted to see it ever again. Like, if WWE was booking like a promoter, kind of like what I was telling earlier, they'd listen to the crowd reaction and be like, we gotta, we gotta kill this program. This is not working. But no, they're gonna keep stuffing it down our throats because, oh, they probably have these contracts set up with uh, Ronda or whatever the fuck. Um, so, um, <laughs> J.K. Schwalb does a super chat. Thank you very much. He says, he says, "Good day, Hayes. Can we skip through this SmackDown talk so I don't have to re- relive it?" Because. <laughs> J.K. Schwal, God bless him, was at SmackDown. Um, Don't worry. I'm not going through SmackDown. It's just here. What I want to point out here, ultimately, I'm going... In this circumstance, if WWE insists on not listening to their audience and and doing this again, a match that created no reaction, zero reaction at WrestleMania, will create zero reaction wherever else at WrestleMania Backlash... If, if they're at least insisting on running this match again, at least run the, the easy story here, which is Charlotte Flair, uh, arrogant champion, refuses to give Ronda Rousey her challenge. So Ronda Rousey goes through a series of matches to position herself as undeniable to the champ where the champ has to concede. Well, okay then, Right? So Ronda builds up sympathy as a babyface. Goddamn, like Ronda needs it, right? She really does. It's not as if everyone is cheering their asses off for Ronda Rousey. They're not. It's such a layup of a story. A layup. And it's frustrating that to see that, to me, me looking at that and going, why aren't they doing this? It is such an easy thing. Nope, no. The match has been signed. It's 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 official. We're going forward with it. So you know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. In the next few weeks, we're just going to get Ronda and Charlotte cutting promos at each other. And that's it. Neither of them are going to wrestle. They might have one match that's involved that has tag teams that they're going to mix. But that'll be it. Boring and contrived and stupid. They had the layup story here. Charlotte's saying, no, I'm not giving you the challenge. You have to work for it. And Ronda, as a baby face, should be like, I'm going to prove to you that I can do it. But it's WWE and they they don't have a clue anymore. And in that same SmackDown, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but laugh. We're, we're, we're setting up, we're setting up Shinsuke Nakamura against Roman. Is that what that's that's what that's what's happening, right? Shinsuke Nakamura coming out to ch- challenge Roman, although he didn't let the challenge happen. But you know that's what they're doing. This is exactly what I've been telling you guys for so long now that in WWE you don't you don't it when it's your turn it's your turn. That's all. It's not even a question of who's over. Win loss records, all of that. No, it doesn't matter, because Shinsuke, Shinsuke has been has been officially fifty fifty. He 
His win-loss record right now is 50%. How does that make him eligible? And he's been in a tag team. He defended the IC title like once, twice. How does this make him a challenger? No one cares because we weren't made to care. But no, no, now it's Shinsuke's turn. So now you're going to care. And now I see people getting excited. Finally, we're getting Shinsuke back. No, we lost Shinsuke. We lost Shinsuke a long time ago now. That Shinsuke is gone. Whatever, whatever you want to, whatever memories you might have of his, his, his you know, his time in, in, in Nokiaism or, uh, you know, as the leader of chaos or uh, his run in NXT. Uh, he, that guy is gone. He's gone. And WWE buried whatever fan interest was in him. There is no reason to get excited for a Shinsuke Nakamura title shot at this stage because he's been he's been misused, uh, uh, misused, tossed all over the place. There's just no interest in in seeing him challenge Roman, especially because you see it and you're like, oh, Roman's gonna win. And why is that? Because Shinsuke is not a credible challenger. Why is he not a credible challenger? Because he hasn't been positioned that way. Because for the past two years, he's been jobbed out he's been in tag teams he's been given meaningless runs it's just it's nothing the most compelling thing he did was uh, that uh series of ads with uh rick boogs no it's literally it's what i've been telling you guys for a long time now is that there's no there's no mid card so there's no title picture to be created the title picture in wwe is vince and bruce going Okay, now it's your turn, and we'll drop you there. That's it. And now people are going to get excited for a Shinsuke Nakamura push, but this is not a push. This is not a push. That's not what a push is. This is going to be Shinsuke, who's going to be put in a winless situation, and then he's going to get shoved back down once once the WrestleMania backlash thing is done. The Cesaro situation. Don't worry about it. It's not a push. Don't get excited. And if anything, however, the Cesaro thing was actually more of a push because Cesaro was beating Seth Rollins before, right? Wasn't that the order? He was beating Seth Rollins before going after Roman. Then after that, once that was done. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about wrestler contracts really quickly. Uh, there's uh, speculation that... Um, that uh, John Moxley's contract will be coming up sooner than later, um, by 2023. So there's a lot of speculation going, going around uh, in regards to well, is is he going to go back to WWE? Right. Uh, I, I love this kind of stuff. I really do. I this this is what makes wrestling exciting. When you're privy, you know, when you're hip to the business. <laughs> you know, when you go beyond what you just see on TV and you think about the business aspects of everything, this is exciting stuff. I love this stuff. Moxley's contract coming up. And just because of what happened with Cody Rhodes, there is a legitimate seed of doubt that has been placed in the brains of everyone in that follows wrestling right now. Because, had look, if the Cody Rhodes situation 
had not happened, if Cody Rhodes had not gone back to WWE, I promise you, I promise you, there would not be such rampant speculation to the idea that, well, Moxley might go back. I, but the, the Cody leaving has created this, 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 this zone, this area of anything can happen because if one of the founders of AEW can hit the bricks, probably the most visible and forward-facing founder of AEW outside of Tony Khan, if he can pack his bags and go to the competition, anyone can. And honestly, they should because all these wrestlers are little businesses and they have to make good business decisions. So we don't know what... Of course... Look, you're going to see reports coming up that John John Mo or WWE has been in talks with John Moxley because of course they're going to talk to John Moxley. They're going to reach out to him. That doesn't mean he's going to sign, but Moxley is going to entertain an offer. Of course, why? Cuz it's good business. Why? Because of course you will. You'll listen to what all sides have to offer. If anything just for leverage. But that's how it's going to go. So you're going to start hearing those reports. Don't get excited. Because in a normal business environment, that's what happens. You go see the competitor. And you're like, well, what do you got? Uh, we got this. Oh, thank you. It's not a committal. Of course he's going to talk. All right? Don't be surprised. Now, logically speaking, this all depends, right? Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that happens in, in, in a human's life that can change a direction, right? Because Moxley, Moxley has been living his best life since live since professionally, since leaving WWE. He's been able to wrestle wherever he wants. His stock has been raised umpteen times. He's a cornerstone of AEW. He's got an open door invitation to go to Japan. He's working whatever indies he wants. He goes down to into the mud and he wrestles down with whoever. Like, this is a guy who wanted to fight. This is a guy who wanted to wrestle. Wanted to do what he was bred to do. And he's doing it. And you read it in the book, right? If You, you should read the book. His autobiography. Um... And especially with everything he says in his book, it seems very improbable that he'd go back to WWE. But listen, look, the guy, he becomes a dad, right? He becomes a dad. He he had personal struggles, you know, with drinking. And maybe at some point he's like, look, maybe there's certain comforts that I can get by just working WWE instead of going all over the place, right? Maybe. Or maybe he's just really happy with the freedom that he has to be in a high position in WW, uh, in AEW and be able to work wherever he wants, then go spend most of the week with uh, Renee and the kid and eat tons of ice cream, as we found out. That's a, that's the life, right? You go, you, you work a big WrestleMania weekend on the indies, you bleed, you know, you... Slap some hands, you cut a promo on, you know, you work Will Ospreay over the weekend, you fly back home, 
Like, if you want my my take, because honestly, there, I can, you can, like I said, the Cody thing has proven something that a lot of us, a lot of us old timers have been saying for a long, long time. You can never say never in wrestling. Brett returned to WWE. You know, that like, there's, you, you can never, Dusty worked for Vince. Like there, there are things you can never say this will never happen because wrestling always has this capacity to prove you wrong. So I can understand that, that, you know, the speculation, if only because of the Cody stuff, right? But if you ask me, having read the book, following, you know, the guy's trajectory and what he's doing, I don't see why he would give up the freedom to do whatever he wants because clearly that's what it is being in these rave matches where people are just fawning over him and then return to WWE and trust all his creative back to them because I I don't know how much creative Cody creative control Cody has I'm just putting that there but Moxley handing his creative back over and then hitting hitting the WWE road schedule again which is grueling. AW still doesn't have a house show circuit. Don't forget that. They just fly into wherever we're, wherever the show is on, on Wednesday and then you're gone. And then you have the next few days off. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. But this is definitely going to be a story that a lot of people are going to follow. And, and it's all Cody's fault. It's all Cody's fault. It made it It made it made all the more interesting and speculatory. And I will never poo-poo on anyone who's going to, who wants to start talking about the contract situations. Of course, what you want is for a wrestler to do the best choice for them. That's what you want. Whatever John decides to do, I, you know, I'm in support of it. If he goes back to WWE, it'll be a shame because that means I won't see him as much, right? You know, whatever. I'm, I'm just a fan. What counts is whatever he, whatever he's into, right? Right, right. Of course, you're right, Warren. Thank you, Warren. Juice Robinson, New Japan stalwart, super babyface. He was on the Wrestling Observer Live uh, show this week. And he said that his contract, his New Japan Pro Wrestling contract, expires at the end of this month of April 2022. And he has no plans to travel back to Japan. Now that's very interesting. During the same interview, Robinson also said that he has no more bookings after this weekend's uh, New Japan Strong Show. And here is the, here's the big one. He has no desire to wrestle. Our boy Juice, CJ Parker, hinting at retirement here. Robinson was asked if there's someone on his checklist, like Brian Danielson, that he, that he still hasn't wrestled, that he would like to wrestle. And Robinson responded with this Quote, no, I don't really have anyone, anybody that I want to wrestle. 
There's nothing that really, I just don't have the urge to wrestle really anymore. Well, now. Um, I've had a, I've had a very fun relationship with Juice Robinson. <laughs> My buddy JPQ, uh, can attest to this. Um, we've enjoyed Juice maybe for all the wrong reasons. Like I, I, I've, I've always had a soft spot for him and I know a lot of people are extremely hard on him, but you know, I, I think Juice is one of these guys who who's you know who hit his ceiling and and you know the promoter that he works for has seen the ceiling and is like look I we're we're not going anything we're not going any further than this and you know it's like well we don't know what despite the fact that he seems very over with the Japanese crowds you feel like he wants a little more. He was probably here in North America sending out some feelers at the same time. And no one's like, no one is clamoring for some Juice Robinson. You know what I mean? You know, and outside the outrageous gimmicks and all that. You know, that I I always thought that was fun. His, his weirdo outfits and whatnot. I'm completely cool with that. I love it, actually. But Juice is definitely a guy who maybe didn't, you know, had a ceiling and I think he hit it. And I, th and I think he's, you know, he sees the lay of the land. He, again, he probably talked to some people, sent out some feelers and he's like, look, there's nothing more I can do. I'm just going to call it a night. But I will always 100% respect what this guy did he was in NXT. It was like, no, this isn't this isn't gonna work for me, brother. And he bets on himself. He goes to Japan and completely reinvents himself. And he has a, a, a good, solid, decent, lower mid-card career in Japan. He really does. And probably, you know, he'd probably want a little more out of it, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when the interviews start coming out. We'll see how, how that goes. But as it stands, I think Juice Robinson has a lot to be proud about. Leaving NXT, he was leaving NXT and redefining himself before it was cool, you know? Before there was an out with AEW. He took the hard road. He's like, I'm going to go work in Japan. Christ, I mean, that takes guts. It really does. So if he wants to, look, can't say I blame him. I kind of feel he's done everything he could do. Outside just, you know, continuing to wrestle, being a solid mid-card act. In New Japan, because, I, you know, I don't see, I don't see how, uh, uh, I, you know, I don't see him in AEW. I don't see what he could bring to the table that it isn't exactly isn't already there in WWE. He'll be lost. You know, there's, there's really nothing for him. And he said in the interview at some point, he said, I'd be a good stay at home husband. I'm sure he will. Tony's fine. Tony's got a, 
Tony's got the bright future ahead of her. Good for him. Work on other projects, do other shit. I mean, look, and if he if he's lost, if he's lost the fire, and he doesn't feel, and he's like, look, I don't feel. What's the quote? He says, "I just don't have the urge to wrestle really anymore." I mean, we've heard of people fall out of love with it, right? Step away for a while. Doesn't mean he can't come back. Oh, we've seen that a lot. And since we're on the topic of New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling Hyper Battle 2022. I got to talk about this before we wrap things up. You know why? Because I am stoked. Stoked to be able to sit here in front of my microphone and my camera that I record the video on that you can see on youtube.com slash Mr. One His and also on Spotify. That I, that I can sit here and chat with you excitedly about New Japan again. New Japan has been such a chore over the past 18 to 24 months. The pandemic hit it hard. It was difficult. Difficult to watch. The booking was rough. The, the wrestlers catching COVID and flipping the cards around. It's been difficult. I watched Hyper Battle 2022 from top to bottom. And it's one of the, and it is the, the, the first New Japan show in a long time that I can say, this was good. This was a good wrestling show and I'm excited about New Japan again. And look, the New Japan Cup started sowing the seeds for what we got at Hyper Battle 2022. Exciting main events, good stuff, peppered with storytelling, few things happening here and there, all culminating to hyper to the hyper battle show. I'm like, this is great. This is really great. It everything connected, all the dots connected to this point. The new Japan, the new Japan Cup stuff built to this, and it was done really well. And it's starting to feel like itself again. Starting to feel like New Japan. The, the 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 arenas are full they still the the audiences still can't react there's still no cheering or chanting or, there's still none of that they're still under that weird you can you can come you can sit down but wear your mask and don't say anything just clap your hands like that's kind of weird at this point because i don't think that's saving anyone really from covid i don't know maybe it's just me but it's so much better and you can tell the wrestlers are into it. Everyone is feeling it. And everything on this card served its purpose. This, look, don't get me wrong. This isn't a, you know, a card full of four-star, five-star matches that I'm like, you gotta watch, you know. But if you want a solid, what was it? Three and a half hour card, easily digestible with everything everything in its right place doing exactly what it needs to do in that position entertaining you in the meantime what more do you want i want to say hi to youtube fan nice to see you and no i am not 
he'd he he'd want to be related to me though, because I'm I'm a cool guy. The card started off with an eight-man tag match. Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga, Tongaloa, and uh Jado, plus Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated the Bullet Club setup of Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Gado, and Yujiro Takahashi. The Tokyo Beam! Uh, this match basically, it served to put over the Jado Gado rivalry. Jado Gado, excuse me. Jado Gado. I don't know why Jado. I always flip flop between Jado and Jado. I don't know why on the pronunciation. But Jado Gado rivalry. And I, I feel it's going to end with a prelim singles match so, sometime down the road. I'm I'm excited to see that. Uh, Chase does most of the work here in this match, as you would assume. Working, bumping. Uh, but uh, uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and Tanahashi get the win. And uh, the Gorillas of Destiny get their official Hontai t-shirts. The, the red and white. No more Bullet Club. And they're officially in the New Japan Army the Hantai army showing and they're symbolically these t-shirts were given to them by Hiroshi Tanahashi, ace of the universe, the good guy. So if Tanahashi is saying these guys are trustworthy, then we're good. The face turn is complete. Tamatanga looks good in red and in red and white. Not going to lie. Next match, we had the LIJ setup of uh, Shingo and Tetsuya Naito that um, they defeated Will Ospreay and Aaron Hanare of the United Empire, of course. Fun little tag match. Ended with uh, Shingo Takagi uh, putting Hanare away with the Made in Japan. Now, Kevin Kelly in the match, and this was a very interesting factoid, mentioned that uh, the pumping bomber, which is like Shingo's signature move, that is used to put away lesser opponents. Uh, it was used on Hanari, but Hanari kicked out. So, you know, Kevin Kelly underscored the fact that the pumping bomber couldn't put Hanari away, but the Made in Japan did. He needed the Made in Japan to put Aaron Hanari away, which a couple of years ago wouldn't have been the case. So, see, see guys, what I tell you, when, the how sometimes it, it, it it's relevant to booking and important to get layers or you know lanes not layers but lanes um Hanare is out of you know the 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 prelim jobber lane now he's you know slowly moving into a, a, a bit of a higher spot on the mid card because now we need the big moves to put him away and that's about so these things are significant to storytelling it's good stuff I like it Fun little match. And we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match. Six or nine. Team made up of uh, of Taguchi and Master Wato defeated Bullet Club's cutest tag team, El, uh, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori. Entertaining, you know, serving as the comedy match at the same time with lots of great nonsense that, that, that really played into the personalities of Taguchi and El Fantasmo who are very good at that kind of stuff there's you know there's even a spot where where uh uh Fantasmo uh, is fighting off Taguchi and Wato at the same time 
and they're they're in the corner and Fantasmo I think he kicks yeah he kicks um Wato who collapses on top of Taguchi in a 69 position and uh it's, it's that kind of stuff and but good stuff and 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 a good final stretch Taguchi Taguchi is very good Wato is getting up there and you know Ishimori ELP love all these guys very talented wrestlers but the match ends when Taguchi pulls down his drawers to sit bare-assed on um, El Fantasmo's face for the win. Pro wrestling. <laughs> then we had the uh, King of Pro Wrestling title in a no-rope ring-out match, so sumo rules, where Taichi defeated... Toru Yano to become the new king of pro wrestling. And you know what? This was fine and just short enough to not be offensive. Um, you know, the, per usual, the stipulations are voted by by the audience, and it was sumo rule. So they took they took the the ropes off of the ring, and they did all the you know the ceremonial sumo stuff, uh, and uh, not even half as many shenanigans as you would expect out of a Toru Yano match. The ref took, I think, the biggest bump I've seen in, uh, from a ref in a while, and uh, uh, and he just like flew, uh, he flew off the, the 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 ring and to the barricades. That was a huge thing. Tai Chi throws Yano out, and then after the match, so so Tai Chi is the new king of pro wrestling, and he's got the trophy, and he's saying, you know what, I'm going to bring some. Some respect on this, and I'm going to main event with this. I'm going to main event with the king of pro wrestling. And everyone's like, Pfft. and then he calls out Shingo Takagi. He's like, holy shit! And there are going to main event a show with this the uh, uh, the Hiroshima April twenty fifth show. Hiroshima or Hiroshima? What is the correct pronunciation? Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Sonata is in the ring. He has to relinquish the um, the IWGP United States title because of a he suffered suffered an orbital bone fracture against Will Osprey. Um, and um, there's no timeline on his return, really. As of now, uh, but an orbital bone, an orbital bone injury can be like anywhere from up to eight to twelve weeks. So it sucks because it was Sonata's first singles win in New Japan. So uh, title, I mean, not first win, his first singles title in New Japan. So that kind of stinks for him. Um, and he's in the ring and he's saying, "I think the best thing to do is to relinquish the title to the man who had it before me, which would be Hiroshi Tanahashi." But then Osprey comes out. And he says uh, that he's been screwed up and down the card, you know, during the New Japan Cup and so on and so forth. He says, I should be getting the U.S. title, so I have that over to me. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi comes out and he says, in English, I have a good idea. Why don't you and I fight for the vacant title? Well, he didn't say that in English, but he said, I have a good idea. Um, And that's what we're getting. So that's what we're going to be building towards. Tanahashi versus Osprey for the U.S. title. 
Then we had the Never Open Weight title, where Evil successfully retained his title against Hiromu Takahashi. I really like this match. And I've been saying this about Evil matches on the reg. Um, and I'm okay with that. And that means that they're doing something better than just having him run around doing House of Torture shenanigans, right? The the story of Hiromu losing his mind when Evil turned on L.I.J. is still very present here. And here in this match, both guys work to control the pace of the match, which, of course, a faster pace is good for Hiromu, while the opposite for, for Togo. Um, uh, Hiromu does the, the apron sunset bomb on Evil, but on to Dick Togo was on the floor and we get some shenanigans from dick togo but they're not overbearing or huge it's not like you know just taking over the entire pace of the match it 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 really felt like worked into the story instead of dragging everything down which i really appreciated hiromu reverses out of and everything is evil uh onto the uh, onto both of the lads and he 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 does the everything is evil on Evil, onto Dick Togo, which was pretty good. He hits the time bomb. Both Evil and Hiromu trade low blows. There's a really fun final sequence where Hiromu runs into and everything is evil, which was pretty good. Uh, and uh, and that's where Evil gets the win. This kind of, st- of House of Torture stuff, I can stomach. I can go with this. Especially if Evil is wrestling, as opposed to just doing nonsense, back rakes, eye pokes, you know, uh, 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 shenanigans. I can go for this. I can, I can do that. I enjoyed this match a great deal. Now, of course, the question is, is Hiromu, this, are we edging Hiromu towards, uh, towards a uh, a heavyweight run at this point. Is this where we're going slowly but surely? Because there have been, you know, there have been interviews where Hiromu said, you know, I don't want to transition into a into heavyweight, right? You can understand. Hiromu, though, he is so crazy over. People love him. He is an attraction. He's a star. He's a draw convinced he pushes a lot of merch i don't have the 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 numbers but you know they do they do make a lot of merch and limited time merch stuff with hiromu so i'm convinced he's he 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 generates you know generates income um and maybe these interviews where he was telling i'm never going to go become a heavyweight maybe this kind of happened before he broke his neck and maybe he's also realizing that uh, maybe he has he's going to realize that he's starting to realize that he has to transition his style because he he won't be able to work the pardon the pun breakneck style that he's been doing without risking another severe injury and working a heavyweight style is a little more privy to that as opposed to you know doing shit that puts your neck in peril. You know, all the time. So, you know, maybe not this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Hiromu Takahashi move into 
start putting on a little weight, um, bulking up, and uh, next thing you know, he's hit the two two twenty five, and he's a heavyweight because he's the only. It's not unlike Will Ospreay, the year Ospreay won the New Japan Cup, where Ospreay was, when he was still a junior, was defeating heavyweights right and left. That's kind of what Hiromu did in the in the New Japan Cup this year, and now he transitioned into a feud with Evil, which is kind of, feels kind of wrapped up. But well, you know, he's going to stay a junior for a while. Still, I don't, you know, I, it's not going to be a plan maybe for this year. But let's have this conversation again next year. Let's see how this goes. Because he's not in the... Uh, he's He'll probably be in the Best of Super Juniors tournament, which is upcoming. Very excited about that. He's definitely going to be in that. So I think that might even be very telling as to what the next step is going to be. But I wouldn't be surprised if he transitions to uh, to the heavyweights... I wouldn't be surprised at all because then he will be able to work a style that will not completely destroy his body or do more nap streams. <laughs> IWGP tag team title match. The United Empire made up of Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb defeated Hiroki Goto. And Yoshihashi to become the new tag team champs. Very good. Very strong tag team match. Go look, Goto and Yoshihashi grew on me as a tag team. I was able to get into that. And part of the story here was that, you know, uh Yoshihashi had never defeated Cobb in in in, in tag team matches, right? Or in any match. And it continued here. And Great Okan, right, comes to the ring with his with his letter of appreciation from the Nakahara police station. Did you guys hear this story? I don't think I talked about it when it happened. But the Great Okan apparently stopped an attempted abduction in the uh in somewhere in the Nakahara prefect in Japan. Let me read the let, let me read this uh, off of 411 Mania. Uh, Tokyo Sports reports that New Japan Pro Wrestling villain, I like this, Great Okan recently proved himself to be a hero in real life, saving a young girl from an attempted abduc abduction. Excuse me. As a result of his actions, he was given a letter of appreciation by the Nakahara police station in the Kanawaga prefecture. I'm sorry, the Kanawaga prefecture. I said the Nakahara prefecture. Kanawaga prefecture. Pardon. Apologies. My... Gonna have to brush up on my knowledge of Japanese prefectures. There you go, Warren. Okan passed in front of a restroom at JR Musaki Kazugi Station in Kawasaki City at around 8.59 p.m. on March 29. He saw an intoxicated man harassing the girl and grabbing her shoulders. He told him to stop and then asked for help. Uh, she she told him to stop and then asked for help. So Okan grabbed the man with one hand and stopped the incident. The girl's mother had been in the restroom at the time. He reportedly calmed down the girl by asking about pancakes and telling her he was from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, 
so and and here's what Okan said about the incident. Quote: Don't do such a big deal. It happened to happen near me. It's something I do every day to take down a man. Instead, the little child looked at me and said, "Help." New Japan Pro Wrestling has the rules of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and society has the rules of society. I am fighting observe. I, I am fighting after observing my rules. This time, I followed the rules of society and kept my justice. Until then, my way of life will not change. I will continue to slaughter wrestlers from tomorrow, and if anyone asks for help, I will generously lend a hand because it will expand the territory of the empire. God, fucking fantastic. I wouldn't be a person who would normally give my name and I wouldn't receive it, but I thought that if I received it, I would spread the awareness of crime prevention, so I decided to ask for it. It would be more valuable than a championship belt. God damn. And then during the match, or after the match, when they won, well, let me run, because the thing is, now you got Great Okan coming to the ring with the framed letter of appreciation, which is fantastic. I love, how can you not love a heel who's right? You know, I love this shit. But strong match, Yoshihashi hits a destroyer on Jeff Cobb, okay? All right. Jesus Christ. Um, the Chaos dudes hit the Shoutu on on Cobb, but, J, but uh, Great Okan breaks it up. Yoshihashi works hard on Cobb's knee, torques it into a submission, but again, Great Okan is there to break all this stuff up. The match comes to an end with uh, Great Okan hitting a, a wrist lock eliminator and a tour of the islands by Cobb, and we have new champs. And what was great, you know, about the statement and the pancake stuff is when, after the match, Great Okan is cutting a promo and Goto is on his back and says, oh, are you sad? Would you like some pancakes? And I'm like, God, this guy this guy just soaring fantastic shit love it good match new japan get me excited about their tag team division again jesus christ iwgp junior heavyweight title match el desperado el champion Successfully defended against Show. This was a fight. It wasn't even a wrestling match. It was a fight. I liked it. One where, one where El Desperado played defense throughout the match. Show attacked before the bell. They brawled on the floor. Um, El Desperado ate a chair right on the dome as he was going for a dive. That's that's the sound effect. Despi uh, on the a is on the apron. Show charges at him, and Desperado he flies off the apron onto the barricade hard, like hip first. Just wild shit. Show does a, a reverse double wrist lock. They're just to smatter some wrestling in here, you know. El Desperado fights back, hits a topic on Hilo, and uh, onto Show and into the barricade again. There's a lot of back and forth. El Desperado hits a spine buster. Tries to go for Pinche Loco, but it's avoided with a low blow because, of course, House of Torture, whatnot. Show goes for his wrench, but El Desperado hits a backpack pile driver instead. I think it might have even been on the on the, uh, on the the wrench. Straight jacket pile driver by Show, which is something you don't see every day. Pinche Loco finally lands for the win and the Undertaker cover. 
I love that list where Otto does that. You know, he does the, puts the hands over and love it. After the match, Taiji Shimori comes out to challenge for the title. Commentary's been hyping Best of Super Juniors coming up, right? And saying, oh, we're going to get, we're going to get juniors coming in from all across the world. And I'm like, finally, all right, now we're cooking. This is the new Japan I love right here. And then Francesco Akira shows up. Um, they do the lights off, like the 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 lights off, lights on thing, the Sabu thing to pop him in. And I swear, everyone in the audience is like, "Who? Who? Francesco Akira? Who? Francesco Akira? Who?" I'm 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 keeping that bit for Sing. Just so you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Italian wrestler, Italian cruiserweight, super young. Like he's like in in his early twenties. He's like 22, 23, something like that. Um, shows up and he's a member of the United Empire. He unzips his jacket. Like I. I I knew who he was just because I've seen a couple of things out of him, but I'm like, I'm like, it took me a minute. I'm like, wait, who's this? And I think actually it's when Chris Charton called it, I think. And he said, oh, this is Francesco Akira. And I'm, oh, oh shit. Okay. I know who this guy is. But I'm there was like, they were playing it off like it was this big reveal. And I was like, mm. like hadn't been, I don't know, like Keno, you know, like, holy shit. Or Orange Cassidy. It's like, fuck, what's going on? But uh, Akira shows up. He's a member of the United Empire as well, which is cool. Continues to expand. Um, it's a bit of a messy surprise, but still cool. And But it's also setting the stage for the uh, for Best of Super Juniors. And uh, I kind of like that. Kind of like that. I, but clearly, they're going to at least try to get... An Ishimori, they're going to get an Ishimori El Desperado match before uh, Best of Super Juniors kicks in. I'm excited for the tournament. And then they announced that the G1 is back to being in the summer, back in July. Now, earlier this week, independent wrestler Chris Dickinson announced that he was uh that he he had signed with New Japan. And he had officially signed with New Japan. And that he's you know, he entertained offers, but New Japan Pro Wrestling is is where he's gonna call home. And he's been a staple on the strong shows or whatnot. But now he's like, no my brother, I, I I've signed with Japan now. So I'm like Chris Dickinson in the G1 2022 sounds perfect to me. Sounds like a good time to me. If you're not familiar with Chris Dickinson, huge guy, referred to as the Dirty Daddy, huge guy, uh, tremendous talent, like a tremendous talent, uh, super strong, and a guy who lays it in. Like we were talking about this, Sean Taggart and I on on the on uh, Hot Chicks and Hand Dogs this week. Uh, New Japan is where Chris Dickinson is going to flourish. Like there's no, there's no other place that he could go 
where he would have such control over everything. He's going to flourish there. He's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited. Really excited for Chris Dickinson. And if he's going to be in the G1... And the evening capped off with the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship being defended. Kazuchika Okada retained against Zack Sabre Jr., the winner of the New Japan Cup 2022. Fantastic match. And you know what? Zack Sabre Jr., man, just delivers every time. When it's big time, big time matches, he's there. Tournament matches, he's there. He works the arm. Does the, a great spot at some point. He's got the hanging arm bar over the ropes on, on Okada and they topple over but Junior hangs on Saber hangs on and he maintains control and he's on the apron and Okada is like head, he's dangling over the apron onto the floor and Saber still has it. just fantastic stuff Saber gets flabjacked but he's but uh, uh, Okada's selling the arm now so it's a target and you know what that means. That means Zack Sabre Jr. is going to pick it apart. But, you know, Okada gets some stretches in off his own. He works the ribs. Then they trade holds. Both of them. Cobra twists, octopuses, money clips. Uh, there's a drop kick by Okada. But um, Zack Sabre Jr. Rolls, rolls him into a hell of a stretch. Like a Rings of Saturn kind of stretch and the audience gasps at it and I'm looking at this and like this is where I this is where you I know I'm watching a great match when the clear underdog has the audience reacting gasping you know convincing you that he could win this fantastic shit spinning tombstone spinning rainmaker but oh god his arms his arm hurts he goes for the rainmaker proper Zack Driver. Close, close near fall. We go into a Euro clutch. The Fujiwara arm bar. Zack Sabre Jr. Hits a, avoids a landslide, but he runs into the drop kick. Rainmaker attempt is reversed into a rear naked choke. Zack Sabre Jr. does a leaping DDT into a Zack Driver. Okada blocks it, reverses that into a landslide. Hits the Rainmaker. Fantastic match. Fantastic match. I really liked it. Match of the year? I don't know. You know, on the long list. Very, very good. I'm telling you guys. Good old fashioned. Good old fashioned. Uh, 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 New Japan show top to bottom great stuff everything delivered some stuff over delivered like the, the opening match is over delivered no reason for them to have been that good good stuff and after Okada calls out Tetsuya Naito to challenge for the title so we're going to be getting that at, res at Wrestling Dontaku it's a dome show on top of that so they're going to go with a big money match like that I'm excited. I'm excited for New Japan again. Guys, gals, non-binary pals. It feels good to be excited for New Japan again. It really, really sincerely does. Get it, get into New Japan again. It's time to get back in. 
That was the weekly wrestling inspection. Folks, I hope you enjoyed tonight's edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show because I sure did. I had a good time talking about pro wrestling and uh, wrestling matches and Satnam Singh. Who? <laughs> I want to thank everyone who popped in tonight who joined us live here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. If you're still here, leave a like. But I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jonas Tiger, for joining tonight. I Thank you for popping in. It's never too late. It's always appreciated. And if uh, you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, thank you very much. And if you're listening to this on demand on YouTube, leave a comment. Let me know what you thought of Satnam Singh. Who? Or anything else. Anything else we discussed. Or even stuff, even stuff that we didn't discuss. Drop a drop a comment in the chat if you're listening to the voice on demand, the the voice on demand, the video on demand. But my voice is also on demand. Anyway, I appreciate you tons. Remember, members only tomorrow, 7 p.m. We're watching Rampage all together. So if you want to become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show and you want to come get some instant feedback, some live reactions to to the live Rampage tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, become a member right now. Jump in. It's a, it's a little bit of support for the show. I appreciate it. But then it's even more fun sharing all these great moments with uh, with you great members out there. Thank you all very much for joining. Uh, thank you all very much for joining me this evening or whenever you're listening. I appreciate it a great deal. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time.